0: and welcome to the ACR Bulletin Podcast, the show where we examine the latest trends affecting radiology. I'm your host, Chris Hobson, and today I'm joined by Jessica Paremka, MD. Dr. Paremka serves as Medical Director of Breast Imaging and Quality Assurance at the Parkland Health and Hospital System within the UT Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas. Dr. Paremka, it's a pleasure speaking with you today.
1: Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast to speak about this important topic, and thank you for the kind introduction.
0: Absolutely. We're just so happy to have you today. Well, today we'll be talking about proactive imaging uh, with a focus on incidental findings management and a relatively new technique called opportunistic imaging. Um, To start us off today, Dr. Premka, can you please give us a sense of what proactive imaging is in general from your perspective and why it's important?
1: Yeah. So proactive imaging really goes beyond just the interpretation of imaging studies and putting those findings into a report. Um, It's really about how to get more information out of a study. Like for example, opportunistic imaging, and it includes care coordination and patient navigation. So proactive imaging really moves
0: radiology toward a more holistic patient approach. Well, that's so interesting. And I, I you know I know that uh, a lot of things also fit under that bucket, including screening and things like that. But today we're going to focus on uh, incidental finance management and opportunistic imaging. um So as you mentioned, we'll, you know, we'll get to that opportunistic imaging uh, piece in a minute, but let's start with another kind of practice imaging called incidental findings management, or as some people prefer to call it abnormal findings management. Um, So although uh, much work has been done and isn't currently underway actually to explore this approach to patient management, um, it has proven somewhat elusive for radiology up to now. And I'm just wondering, you know, for those unfamiliar with the term, can you please kind of spell out what it is and radiology's role within it as you see it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So incidental findings are basically defined as findings seen on imaging that are unrelated to the goal of the imaging study. So for example, breast mass seen on a chest CT performed to evaluate for pulmonary embolism would be considered an incidental finding. Um, Incidental findings have become increasingly important as imaging volumes go up, so do incidental findings. And I think the main question that we're faced with is what to do with incidental findings. In my mind, the management of incidental findings really encompasses two different parts. So part one is the actual radiologist recommendation on what to do with the incidental finding. You know, what is the significance of that incidental finding and what should be done about it? And in this, we've seen quite a bit of variability, but the ACR incidental findings committee has actually done a lot of work to provide guidance for a range of incidental findings through white papers on the mediastinum, you know, cardiovascular system, liver, pancreas, kidneys, thyroid, and the list keeps going. Um, so then we get to part two, and that's in the management and zone bindings as well. And this is, I think, equally important. Um, to me, this is talking about a recommendation that's now in place and having radiology take greater accountability for making the recommendation, making sure that recommendation is seen and if needed, also followed. Um, radiology practices are developing tracking and navigation systems to do this. Uh, one example that comes to mind is the radar Um, or Radiology Result Alert and Development of Automated Resolution System. And this was developed at Brigham and Women's Hospital. Um, They created a closed-loop communication system where radiologists can manually generate an explicit follow-up recommendation for a certain finding. Um, This follow-up recommendation alert then creates um, an electronic health record in-basket flag and an email notification that goes to the ordering primary care provider. There's a link embedded in the notification, the primary care provider can just click on that link. And then at that point, the PCP can either agree, they can disagree, um, they can select that follow-up is not necessary, they can modify the recommendation, or they can transfer it to another provider. And then once this happens, you know, basically the radiologist and the primary care provider have effectively created a shared follow-up care plan for that patient. And the radiology scheduling team can then use this follow-up care plan to get a signed order for the follow-up study. Um, contact the patient, schedule the patient for the follow-up study while also obtaining pre-authorization. I mean, I, I really think this is a great example of care coordination for the management incidental findings.
0: That was the term that sprang into my mind is care coordination, and that is so key uh, in the in this new world of value-based imaging and and value-based uh, payment models. So, that, I think this fits so squarely into that. Thank you for that great explanation. So. You know, according to some, an advantage of tracking the management of incidental findings in particular uh, is, you know, one big advantage is that developing quality metrics around that activity could be fairly straightforward. I think there are some, you know, incipient uh efforts underway actually to do just that. So, you know, why in your opinion is it important to develop quality metrics uh, alongside building capacity for finding uh for findings management?
1: Yeah, so. Once we have tracking systems in place, I do think it's important to develop quality metrics to show the value that's being added and to show areas that can be targeted for improvement. Um, I think these metrics would be fairly straightforward because you know we can track how many people are part of the system and how many people are we able to close the loop on for follow-up versus how many people are not. And we can also start tracking outcomes, which I think is incredibly important. To
0: show. Yes, outcomes are huge, especially what, like, in the aforementioned uh, you know, alternative payment model world we're all stepping into now. So um, thank you for mentioning that. Well, switching gears, we've talked a lot about incidental findings management, but, but uh, you know, switching gears now to opportunistic imaging, um, can you please give us an idea of, of what it is and, and the role radiology can play in that?
1: Sure, so opportunistic imaging is distinctly different from incidental findings. Opportunistic imaging is basically using imaging that has already been performed to purposefully identify certain findings or conditions that are not being sought out by the ordering provider. So this is usually accomplished by applying imaging technology or AI algorithms to the imaging. Um, One example that comes to mind for opportunistic imaging is determining bone density on an abdominal CT to assess for osteoporosis, right? So, now, the ordering provider may have ordered the CT to look for a reason for the patient's abdominal pain, but the radiologist can look for not only the cause of the abdominal pain, but also for a chronic or undiagnosed condition like osteoporosis, that if treated may actually prevent a future fracture from a fall down the road.
0: That's so interesting. I guess as you know, um, electronic health records and, and such are, are you know continue to be widely adopted, I think this maybe is, is a good fit. So do, do you think the average person, so I guess in that scenario, and I've heard this this said, you know, in other places and things like that, but do you think that the average person will assent, they, they almost, for it to, for there to be wide uptake of something like this, are you of the opinion that the average person will have to assent to being screened regularly, maybe even as part of their yearly physical? Um, and, and if so, like, you know, I, I guess where do you put the odds that that, that, that will um, actually take place?
1: Yeah, so I think, um That's a really great question. I think depending on the person's age, potential health concerns, and also, you know, if CT doses are lowered and optimized, I certainly think people would be interested in having an opportunistic imaging screen as part of a physical exam or an annual type exam. I think in terms of operationalizing this type of imaging, that'll also be incredibly incredibly important. You know, we would need protocols, um, standardization of the type of imaging exam that would fall under this type of screening um, I think, and just as important, we would need key stakeholders, including radiology and primary care providers in a hospital network to be at the table to discuss technology, staffing, communication, infrastructure, you know, and coordination um, that would be needed for these large scale imaging screens.
0: For sure. And it, it follows that same theme you talked about more towards the top of our discussion of coordinated care. It, it seems like this is the kind of thing you need a lot of tightly coordinated care to pull off. So Absolutely. Uh, hopefully, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. And also, I think AI will need to have to play a larger role, right? So as radiology volumes increase and we experience reduced staffing, these potentially large-scale screening efforts will need to have some sort of technology support and automation to help mine data from the imaging studies to evaluate for osteoporosis or hepatic steatosis, and thereby assist with the radiologist workload.
0: And if I may, with the follow-up, I, because I, I wish I thought to ask this earlier, but I um... Do you have any sense of where we are with this? Is this, is this purely speculative, um, you know, just, just people kind of thinking out loud? Or is this actually happening in some places, this opportunistic imaging?
1: I think that it's happening. I think it, there's been a lot of research to develop it. Um, but in terms of, like, commercialization, I think that there's still ways to go in terms of a commercialized product.
0: Interesting. Well, maybe we'll have to have you back in the future once we're further down the road with this, and, and you can give us an update. We'd love that. Um, well, popular, you know, speaking of kind of bigger models and, and kind of systems wave, ways of thinking about things, um, there is a new, I guess, a relatively new uh, approach to delivering medical care called population health management, uh, which I know you're well familiar with. I know you are uh, the lead author, actually, on a white paper about population health management not too long ago uh, in the AJR uh, journal. Um, so population health management is a, I don't have to tell you, is a relatively new approach Uh, where the goal is to keep a patient population as healthy as possible while minimizing costly interventions and procedures. So would you say that things like incidental findings management and opportunistic imaging fit into this idea? And if so, how?
1: Definitely. So I think, you know, the management of incidental findings, opportunistic imaging definitely fit into population health management. You know, it's basically using evidence-based guidelines for management recommendations that helps standardize the care Um, It decreases the variability in recommendations. And then when you talk about pairing it with true care coordination, you know, we're we're now actually talking about proactively helping a population navigate their health care. And so this is, you know, not only offering a recommendation to a patient, but helping them follow up on it. Uh, I also believe opportunistic imaging's impact on population health management will be substantial. You know, we just talked about looking for osteoporosis or hepatic steatosis, but there's also... Yeah, the idea of accurately quantifying a person's subcutaneous and visceral body fat and um, coronary artery disease, just to name a few.
0: And I guess, would you, is it fair to say that people like, like to fit into those buckets of like osteoporosis and the other findings you're talking about? Would you, is this sort of like a risk stratification thing where you're, you know, not only are you stratifying based on risk, but you're actually segmenting people into different patient populations and then treating them as such as you see it in this model?
1: Uh, yeah, I do think that there's probably going to be, you know, a range of what can be done with it. So, you know, um, risk stratification or you know, an identification of things that were not n- known before, right?
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. So interesting to think of. I mean, you can go so many different directions with these things. So, uh, but I know our time is limited here today. It well, is, uh, speaking of you,
1: very fun to think about.
0: It really is, isn't it? Yes, I agree. Well, you talked about AI or artificial intelligence a little bit earlier with respect to um, opportunistic imaging. So, but I, you know, I think it's actually, you know, you can apply AI to, to kind of both things we've been talking about, if, if I understand correctly, both both incidental findings management and opportunistic imaging. Um, so can you please talk about, you, you've talked a little bit about it, but can you kind of elaborate on how AI might, might, might help to maybe it's even to automate some, some aspects of of both of these uh, uh, care approaches? Yeah. So great
1: question, Chris. I think AI is so important as we think about how to leverage technology to help with many of these tasks. You know, as I mentioned earlier, radiologists are dealing with increasing volumes and decreasing staffing levels. So I think there's a major opportunity for AI and AI should definitely be viewed as a resource that can help radiologists work smarter um, and more efficiently. For the particular example of AI and incidental findings management, you know, AI could use um, natural language processing to extract information from the radiologist report without the radiologist actually having to create that critical result notification, right? And then that extraction could flow into the in-basket alert system and then flow into the system like the radar system that that I mentioned earlier um, that allows for creation of a shared care plan or, um, you know, into a tracking database system that patient navigators could use to ensure that the patients have follow-up. And as, you know, we talked about before, AI also plays an important role in opportunistic imaging. A lot of it, of opportunistic imaging is happening through the that imaging technology or those AI
0: algorithms. To, to, yeah, to it's so interesting to think. those images. Absolutely. I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: Oh, no, that's okay. I was just was going to say to post-process those images, right? Because those images are already... Oh, sure. So AI is basically being used on those images to, to seek out that additional information.
0: Yeah. So a lot of this wouldn't even probably work without, without AI in some respect. So... But, um, yeah, I, I was just getting ready to say, I, I lo- especially with respect to the, the uh, incidental findings management piece you were just talking about, like automating some of that, I, I, my mind just went to stuff like health equity and, and PHM, population health management, because um, so much of that is is shoring up any kind of missed care opportunities. So if you if you as opposed to just strictly being manual and 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 uh, you know the, this findings management stuff, if you can automate some of that and make it really seamless and easy for patients to, to be seen, you know, uh, to, to have follow-up care done. I w- I wonder if that would actually help uh, with health equity and stuff. That's that's a whole other huge topic area, but uh, did, did you have any thoughts on that at all or? No, I, I do actually agree with you 100%. Like I actually
1: think it could, you know, improve health equity, reduce disparities by by sort of leveraging AI as well.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting because I feel like so much of with AI these days is doom and gloom, and they're going to take our it's going to take our jobs and things like that. But but I love that you're you're so hopeful with AI. It sounds like there's so many uh, great opportunities to help radiologists as well. So right. I want to put words in your mouth, but that I, that's the message I'm getting.
1: <laughs> no, I, mean, I definitely think that we need to look at how to use AI not to take away work, but to help us work smarter, right? Or or to help us gain more information out of
0: um, out of imaging. Yes, that's so, so well said. Well, if somebody was listening to this podcast and they wanted to start the ball rolling in, in their own group uh, uh, on exploring solutions to either incidental findings management or opportunistic imaging, uh, what do you think are a few kind of initial steps they could take?
1: Yeah, so there are journal articles and papers on incidental findings, management, and opportunistic imaging that can help sort of lay the groundwork. Um, beyond that, I think the ACR will be highlighting and shining a spotlight on opportunistic imaging and the management of incidental findings. So I think staying involved in the ACR will definitely help for those who
0: are interested. Very good. Very good. And I think you, uh, we're going to go ahead and put at least one link in the show notes to a past journal article that, that you are a part of. Um, And so just be on the lookout for that. Well, Dr. Peremka, thank you so much for this really fascinating conversation. Hopefully you'll come back and and give us an update sometime soon. Um, In the meantime, where can people find you online if they'd like to know more?
1: Thank you so much, Chris. Um, Yeah. So my email address is jessica.peremka at utsouthwestern.edu. And people can reach out to me that way.
0: Excellent. And the paper on population health management, again, we'll go ahead and put that in the show notes. Uh, That sounds like a great Touchstone, a great launching pad for for future endeavors for for our listeners. And, you know, for our listeners, if you have any ideas for future show topics, please let us know on Twitter at the handle at Radiology, ACR, all one word. And please include uh, the hashtag uh, ACR Bulletin Podcast in your tweet to help us um, surface that. I also invite you to check out all of our past episodes at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And please be sure to subscribe to ACR's YouTube channel to stay up to date on all of our latest episodes, uh, and finally, please hit that like button if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you really, found, if you found this v- valuable, uh, thank you so much again, Dr. Bramko. We were, I really enjoyed this conversation. This has been the ACR Bulletin Podcast. See you next time.